there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, welcome to the show. Welcome to the weekend. It is Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network 640 in Toronto. I am Wolfgang Klein, your host. Yes, it is a show about money and more than just that. Yes, indeed it is. Uh, Jack Hartle, of course, is in it for the cause. And uh, we have Global News Radio's personal finance expert, Rabina ahmed Haq. Uh, graciously joining us today. Uh, Rabina, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. It's, it is nice to have a friendly voice. Uh, actually, that's the song we should play, Jack. Friendly voice. Eh? We rushed uh, Spirit of Radio. Well, we still got time. We're just starting the show, Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the fidelity of the show that we like to weave in just to tee up our guests. Um, when I'm 64, yeah, not for a few more years, I shall say, but uh, Jack and I have been bantering, uh, bantering a lot about... Uh, retirement and uh, how you manage your money in retirement. So there really are two main stages in money management. Um, stage number one, you must work and accumulate. And then stage number two is you um, eat the fruit of your labor. Just you get to harvest. Yeah. You get to harvest. And uh, Jack has been ha- pounding the table <clears throat> uh, on one of the most important factors of a successful or unsuccessful retirement. And I'm going to give you the pop quiz right now, Jack, is the most important determinant. Well, how much you save, but also the date that you determine that you actually want to retire. Yes, the date you determine you retire. Uh, it's, at, criti- it's critical. So let's talk about well, that. Uh, well, what it really factors into, Wolf, is what we've been talking about for the, since the beginning of the year. And it's the magic of time and compounding. Because basically, that's the point in time where you're going to say, I'm going to stop letting this compounding work for me. It still will work, but not with the exponential growth that I want. Well, again, and so you're going to... You, when you work, you save. So you're adding to your pool and you're compounding. When you retire, you're going to continue to compound, but you're not going to be adding to the pool. And that's the point you want to make. Right. But you also don't have the, uh, when you're not taking from uh, the tree, when you're not taking the fruit from the tree, yeah. you're, you're allowing it to continue to grow and grow. You're allowing that money to work for you. That is the magic of compounding, right? You leave it and let the growth grow. Correct. You don't, you're correct. So the earning interest on your interest is what compounding is all about. And if they pay you interest from a debt instrument, a GIC, and you spend it, yes, that money is not compounding, 100% correct. But uh, here is the magic, Jack. And again, uh, we've seen the academic studies time and time again. How much should mom and dad, uh, and one day you and I, uh, take out of our nest egg on an annual basis? Uh, So you have a pool of money. How much can I consume each and every year? And that's a very, very important decision. And the studies that Jack and I have come across continuously is about 3 to 4% of your money, Rabina. Yeah, and I always say that in retirement, you don't have to necessarily take out of your nest egg. You can also create streams of income, uh, which might be, you know, you're still keeping your principal, but you're maybe you're, you have an investment property, maybe you've bought an annuity, or you've done something where uh, that money is still paying you, but you're you're still keeping that money that you initially saved intact. So, uh, you know, 3 to 4% is a great number to look at, but um, I would even, if you can still uh, manage it, it would be better to create some streams of income so that you're not actually 
yeah, but again, that money at in, all. inside your riff, uh, Rabina, if you own the Royal Bank stock, my friend, right, and, and the stock appreciates, right, that and appre- it pays a dividend. No, but that that appreciation you could view as a stream of income. In other words, if the stock goes from ten to eleven dollars, right. and you spend the one dollar, right. you're back to ten. So you haven't lost your principal; you just haven't grown your asset. But that's fine. You've you've um, uh, harvested a little bit, but it does pay a dividend as well, as we discussed. Yeah, uh, it's almost a four percent dividend deal. The Royal Bank. So stock. you could do that. You could buy Royal Bank stock, and you could. You could use the dividend money to to, to fund your retirement. Yeah, so yeah. Again, but I, I think people get too hung up, and 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 again, I want to make this point. It's very very important. Uh, interest, dividend, capital growth. It doesn't really matter what you harvest because uh, you have to harvest something. Uh, it's not like you own a bunch of static assets, i.e., gold. Rubin, if you own gold, you know, you used to talk gold back in the mm-hmm. commodity bull market at uh, CP twenty four days. I don't own any gold anymore. You don't own any gold anymore. No, no gold had a great move from two hundred and sixty bucks an ounce to two thousand dollars. Well, it's actually a non-productive asset, right? It actually yeah. costs you money to store as opposed to if, if, if you own some debt or you own a piece of real estate that mm-hmm. generates income, those things are productive assets because they're generating cash flow year in, year out. And that's a, a good point that Rubina makes there is that uh, one good investment strategy and retirement strategy is make sure that your necessities are covered off by your fixed income. Some of that could be guaranteed pensions. Some of it could be annuities. So that is a strategy to look at uh, as people you know, CPP, age and get, yeah, which get I towards know retirement. Both- despises. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't despise it. I, I don't like the program. I think, uh, we, again, I go back to CPP, Rabina. The average Canadian doesn't understand how CPP works. Oh, 100%. But, but what yeah. frightens me is just to get your money back on CPP, you have to collect for 17 years, uh, age 82, just to get your money back. So it is not a pension. At best, it's a forced savings plan to get a deflated dollar back. So CPP is not going to cut it. It will be a source of income for people. But again, which is my next point, in, in, a, in a low interest rate environment and in a volatile stock environment, it's unnerving, I think, for seniors entering retirement. Jack and I see it. And, and I think the mistake that, again, some people make is they get too hyper-conservative at that critical date that they chose to retire. And again, I think that's another mistake. Because, yeah, again, your retirement can be 30 years. You talk about CPP. That is the pension for Canadians. Like it or not, Wolf, that is the pension for Canadians. It is. A portion of it anyway. Correct. And the way CPP manages world-class... And what they have, they have Canadian equities, they have U.S. equities, they have emerging market equities. Yep. They have, takes, yep. No, I was going to say, they have... Take 17 years to get my money. They can have the greatest of great... Hold on, look, they have 20% fixed income. The point is, yep. they're, they're not being hyper-conservative. Correct. And you don't need to be as you long as correct. you have a, a reasonable base to sustain your standard of living. A- absolutely. And so, so Jack's point, I, I'm totally on side with it. The way CPP manages the pool of assets, and it's $350 billion of assets in the CPP plan. It's brilliantly managed. The average Canadian, if they were to mirror that strategy, the amount of bonds, the amount of cash, the amount of equities, real estate that they own, they would have a very, very good RIF or RRSP, right. 100%. It's, it's well-managed because they think long-term, and they think long-term for Canadians. So it is actually a productive way to manage a pool of assets, maybe not the most efficient way, but it does work. Right. Uh, more of hi Radio, show about money on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. When I get older, losing my head Many years from now Will you still be sending me a valentine Birthday greetings, bottle of wine if I'd Yes, bottle of wine, my friend Age of 64, why not? Dak, you remember that? 
Right. Are you going to wait till 64 to get a bottle of wine? Is that, is that what you're <laughs> from, like, from you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hartle, co-host, and we are graciously joined by the one, the only, the ever so wonderful to hang out with in the studio, Mrs. <laughs> Rabina Ahmed Haq. Mrs. Global Ms. I prefer Ms. Ms. Yes, Global News Radio personal finance expert. That handles longer than mine, Rabina. Well, you know, I try. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank good you to, for having to, me. Always, always good to have you in the uh, show. Um, taking it down to the uh, average Canadian, you know, we talk money, people's eyes glaze over. It's important that we bring this to a la- bring this to the people in a language that they can appreciate what we are talking about. Uh, I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you something. Jack handed this to me a couple weeks ago, and I was shocked. Late filing penalty. If you owe tax for 2018 Mm -hmm. uh, and you filed your tax return for 2018 after the due date, the CRA will charge you a late filing penalty, and the penalty is 5% of your balance owing. 5% of your balance owing by missing payment by one day, plus 1% of your balance owing for each full month your return is late to a maximum of 12 months. A uh, lot of money. Yeah, well, my friend, 12 months, 1% is 12% plus five. That's 17%. Yeah. So say fi- you owe $1,000. I mean, you're looking at a few extra $100. Another $170. Yeah. Uh, uh, larceny. That's what I'm going to say. Larceny. I mean, but it's as bad as payday loans, both. That's what they're doing to you. It's payday loans, isn't it? Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But you got to pay. Wow. You got to pay your taxes, and you have to file on time. I mean, the CRA, if they don't put strict rules in place, I mean, I've met people who haven't paid, haven't filed taxes for four years. Do, do, do you know many radio people I know for being on? Because I'm radio dear mm-hmm. to my heart. I know a number of radio personalities. I'm yes. not one of them, and I know you aren't, and I know Jack isn't. Um, but but some big brand names who did not file tax returns for year after year. I said, what are you? We're doing not afraid to of taxes the way well, they, they are in the they, states. They, but they, again. <laughs> Radio personnels that, that I've hung out with, they, they they bump around from condo to condo. The shoebox of files and receipts gets misplaced. And all of a sudden, they're three years behind and they get nervous. And they, I knew one guy left the country. I, I, because I, I, he had, couldn't he file his could, return? And, and Siri was after him. He said uh, he said to his partner, he said, it's all yours. Stay in Canada. I'm gone. CRA's on to me. And he left the planet. Don't know where he is. Filing your taxes is a civic duty. Everyone has to do it. That's how we keep our taxes in check. That's what we know. I mean, things like all your all your benefits are based on you know what your income was last year. If you get the child uh, child benefit that the government gives out, it's all based on what you made the previous year. Um, if you get you know if you get uh, any kind of benefit in, in after 65, that's based on uh, your income from last year. So just Stay up to date because if you don't, then people complain. Oh, well, I don't get all these benefits that other people I, are getting. I, I, easy on the benefits. There's not a whole lot of benefits. But I mean, the I only way that they can the, the only the government way that they does can not assess, give. The government, my friend, doesn't give. It takes. I was saying, it, the it, the government a- takes. It doesn't give, and then it takes and does all kinds of weird things with it. And then there's like this residue left, and that's your benefit. It's residue. That's what sure. we get from government. But I'd rather get they the residue. They spend too get much nothing. money. They spend way too much. No, they do. It's it, it's absolute larceny. Um, but. My friend, there's nothing we can do. Well, there is things we can do about it, and it will change. It's a pendulum. Uh, taxation, for a while in the 90s, was actually dropping. Uh, they're actually lowering tax rates. Uh, the pendulum now has gone to them raising taxes. I don't know at which point they stop, but at 55%, it is onerous, the top tax bracket. Uh, it's Robin Hood. I'm talking, of course, of those who are fortunate enough to make a decent income. But Take from the rich, give to the poor. Right. You, you, you take from Torontonians and Vancouverites, and you give to... Not necessarily. I think there's a lot of rich people in Calgary, the, too. 
Okay, sure. Okay, there's a third. Great. There's, give me a fourth city with a lot of rich people. Montreal. You know, one of the, one of the highest poverty rates in, in, in Canada. One of the hijack pay dentists one here. One of the highest poverty rates in Canada. I've been told. I haven't checked the stats. Minden, Ontario, where our cottage is. Mm. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Minden, Ontario, one of the highest poverty rates in, in, in all of But you have to drill down to those numbers. I mean, they, the, the pool of people they're looking at might be so small that it just happens that... It, it skews the results. You know, yeah, right? it, when, it, the it, results. it statistically may not even uh, be accurate when, when you have such a small sample size, Wolf, potentially. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I drove through Minden on the weekend. And, 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 and <laughs> I, I drove through Minden on the weekend and I went into town to get my Coney Bear steak, beautiful ribeye. Yeah. Yep. 12 bucks, good deal, my friend, for a pound. What a question. Cost of living is lower when you get outside of the GTA. But they, but they had volunteers uh, on the street, and they were stopping every car going through town and saying we're doing a voluntary toll payment through town uh, to help fund the food bank. Um, you, you, you had to pay. You, you know, six people with bibs on, uh, and a little bucket of money. So the whole, whole town was out doing oh, this but, collection? Yeah, but then, of course, you had a little chitty chat about the weekend. The traffic's getting back. I want to get to my cottage. Take my money. Let me go buy. <sighs> didn't happen that way. Uh, anyways, look, it's about retirement. It's about how much can you consume. Uh, it's about not making silly mistakes like filing your taxes late. Um, I go back to, Rabina, the long view. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, is where the issue lies. Uh, we as a people with our instantaneous devices and, and, and mass media coming at us, and really credit cards. T- credit cards and mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, So with the with the long view, Wolf, it's very difficult for people to think that far out. Mm-hmm. So I think what Rabina is talking about is but with taxes, with savings, you need to do it systematically, you need to do it regularly, yep. you need to redo your tax return every year. Because if you don't and you do it every five years, it's impossible to do. If you don't save every week or every month or whatever your savings schedule is, do it in small increments, little bite sized pieces. Mm-hmm. It makes Consistency it, it makes is key. It, it makes it so much easier to do. Because it just becomes part of your lifestyle as opposed to this one balloon event that's five years. Oh, geez, now i got to file my taxes every five years. Now where, where's all my receipts from, you know? Yeah. And, you're, and you're losing money because you obviously can't find those receipts. You can't claim those credits and you're losing money. So if you just stay on top of things, you're going to be better it, it, off financially. You have to stay on top of things. Yeah. There's no question about it. Don't make those silly mistakes. Uh, again, Jack and I received a, 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 a client statement and they wanted us to transfer in some RSPs and husband, wife. And when we looked at their statement, it said the beneficiary of their RSPs, estate. Spousal, spousal rollover reduces tax by 50. That one little error, if one of, if one of those individuals passed away, mm-hmm. they would have been writing the government a check for $50,000. Wow. By, 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 by naming the beneficiary of the RSP estate when they're married. When you're, when you're single, you basically it's going to go to the estate and it's going to get taxed at your death. But if you have a spouse... 99% of the time, you're going to name your spouse. In fact, 100% of the time, you're going to name your spouse the beneficiary unless you see... Yeah, in the industry, company. we call that an unforced error. That's what it is. It's, it's, a, a, it's a mistake that you don't really need to make. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I need to get off the air for a few minutes so they can uh, run some commercials because if I don't, I will be making a mistake according to my producer who's giving me the slap. Get off the air, Wolf. Shut up and let us play some spots. Okay, I'm going to do that. It is Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. More of it right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. 
It is Hi-Fi Radio, and no, that is not the tee-up for Brad Lamb. Uh, Brad, if you're listening, you're going to be very disappointed. Uh, we're using your song for uh, another tower. Uh, Peter Sensed uh, from CBRE. Uh, Peter, th- this man is a closer, okay? I've never seen such a dossier of uh, sales transactions. You know, my, my heart is in sales, right? I used to sell advertising, but uh, selling broadcast advertising is no mean feat. Uh, but, you, but you sell tall towers. You, you sold Scotia Plaza for $1.3 billion, or transacted in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Regent Street in London, uh, rough, rough, $3 billion transaction. CPP Oxford uh, transaction, $2 billion. National CP Regional Mall Sale Billion, Ivanhoe, Cambridge, the TD Canada Trust Tower, you know, half, half of that for 450 mil. You do deals, man. Yeah, get, well, you got to get him a coffee, Wolf. You got to get him a coffee. Yeah, he, he closes. You close ABC, eh? You know what? It's a pleasure to be in Canada. It's a pleasure to be real estate right now. It does feel like a renaissance for Canada at this time. How so? Uh, once upon a time, really, Canada was sort of overlooked. We're 2% of the global re- index, so we're still quite small. But what we represent now is a safe place to invest. A lot of global capital is coming in this direction. And more importantly, the tech talent, the tech companies, it's all flowing to Toronto, Vancouver, other parts of Canada at this time. So it really feels different today in a positive way. Isn't that interesting? Because I can't remember which artist I uh, saw perform, but when she arrived on stage, she said, oh my, look at your city. There's so many beautiful cranes in the sky. That there is, um, the residential market's a big part of what we're seeing. So all those towers, for the most part, are the big residential condominiums. But we do have more office being built here than most cities in North America at this time. Certainly there's more residential being built here than anywhere in the U.S. Can we speak to the, um, because I I was just uh, on a world trip and I uh, met with my best buddy uh, in uh, uh, best buddy from uh, Calgary uh, in Vienna. We had coffee mm-hmm. um, at a wonderful coffee shop. Uh, anyways, and uh, asked him about the uh, Calgary office realty, uh, realty market, specifically the Bow. Uh, and he said, oh my, it's like 20% vacant. Uh, so can you speak yeah, to the, because yeah, again, sure. can, as oil sure. goes, so goes Canada in yeah. many ways. Certainly the Canadian dollar. Right. Uh, we remain so tied to, to that commodity. And, you know, a lot of good things happening in Canada mm-hmm. from a real estate perspective, perhaps. Agreed. But from an oil mm-hmm. perspective, not so nice. Yeah, it's, um, it's really tricky in Alberta office at this time. So everybody's looking for what's the next step? Where does this market get to? Um, the residential markets are okay, industrial okay, uh, retail okay. But when you look at the vacancy in the downtown or suburban Calgary or Edmonton markets, you're 25 to 35%, depending on exactly where you're looking. So those are pretty dark numbers. So what this is forcing Alberta to do is look at what's next. It can't just be the one-trick pony of oil and gas. They have to diversify. Good and luck. You know, that's, Canada's, that's been Canada's challenge forever. Yeah, agree, and we, we do have uh, Peter Sensed uh, in the studio. He's the president of Canadian Capital Markets uh, with CBRE. Uh, what, what does the CB stand for? I know it's Richard Ellis on the back end. Right. So it used to be Coldwell Banker. And then we bought a company called Richard Ellis. So the Coldwell Banker, Richard Ellis. So that's really the North American and the European and global side being put together. Well, again, Jack was speaking earlier as, 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 as I was whining and he was trying to build me back up around CPP. Uh, I'm frustrated uh, about CPP. Uh, I'll tell you something, uh, Peter Sensed, because you got sense. Um, and you, you put in, between you and CBRE, you, you contribute 5,700 bucks a year into, into the CPP program. Uh, fortunately, you're selling it good assets mm-hmm. that allows it to generate a good rate of return. Yes. But do you know something? It's going to take you to age 82 just to get your capital out of that 
CPP investment. Right. 82. Right, right. So uh, may you live long because yep. uh, if you don't, you won't prosper. I was uh, just looking at the uh, the asset allocation for CPP. It's 13, almost 13% real estate. So it's, it's a very mm-hmm. significant portion of it. Uh, yep. Like you said, Peter, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the real estate market in Canada, we're only 2%, you said, of the global index. It's yes. funny because the global index and equities were about 3%. So Correct. Give or take. We, so are, we are definitely relatively insignificant but the the fact that we do have a stable economy and good governance here in canada you can debate that but you do have good governance and stable government in canada mm-hmm. it, it's an app it's a place where people money wants to flow to still but, especially the major urban, especially but, the but, major yeah. urban centers i want to speak about that so let's talk about money flowing into canadian real estate mm-hmm. because it's, it's certainly not going into canadian oil anymore that's for sure right international mm-hmm. money has left canadian the oil patch the real estate market in calgary like you said office space is showing that but when you have a stable economy like you have in toronto there's is there and Canada, at, and Canada, we're yeah. just relatively stable. Canada. But my, mm-hmm. my point: how much, how much dirty money is coming into Canada, and up in real well, especially estate? Vancouver, and right? especially that's, Vancouver, that's a hot yeah, point right. right now. You know, that's not a topic that I'm because what what seems to be happening and what I'm reading is it's coming into the residential markets of Vancouver. We're more the commercial. I was side, wondering so about that. I was gonna say, when you look at the size like, of right, your deals, right. it's kind of hard to well, be laundering money at that size. Well, the the one point three billion dollars in fiat. How much paper <laughs> yeah. would that be when you think about it to buy the Scotia Plaza? What was Scotia Plaza worth today? Do you figure? A lot more than that. It, it's just been remarkable. It's all about the rent growth. So the amount tenants pay for buildings like this that you're in today is significant. So all the tech tenants are driving that in a way we've never seen before. So we're at all-time new rent levels for office buildings, industrial buildings, apartments. It's um, We're getting to be expensive because people want to be here. Interesting. Getting expensive, but people are also taking a long-term view and saying, you know what, rents are rising. These properties are increasing in value. So guess what? At these levels, even if the cap rate is relatively low, it's still a good investment for these large pensions, which mm-hmm. are really stretching mm-hmm. for yield right now. Interesting. Really it's amazing because uh, we, we just called our uh, head of real estate just, just for some numbers. Uh, and, and the building that we have our office in, the rent in that building is $55 a foot and the operating costs are another $35 a foot. It works out to $90 a foot in annual rent for the office that Jack and I share uh, of 120 feet. And that's an annual, annual number. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Is that number going to go up or down? Well, you got to buy it. It's just going to keep going it up. It just keeps going up. They so. can see in Toronto for office space is the tightest in North America. That drives rents. In industrial, it's the tightest in North America. That drives rents. So you're going to see it keep going because companies want to be here. Well, People one of the one of the hot read sectors. We I want to talk to you mm-hmm. about this uh, after the break. Peter Sense of uh, the uh, excuse me, Peter Sense, President of Canadian Capital Markets Sales Rep with CBRE, um, is industrial uh, REITs. Uh, this whole notion of not the shared economy, but Amazon home delivery. It, it's creating this whole new demand for these massive, massive warehouses being built up in your old backyard. Distribution centers, uh, yeah. Up, up in uh, Caledon, seeing these massive, like, yep. acres, of, hundreds of acres. They're huge, these buildings. Uh, so I want to talk about that in terms of that trend uh, right after this on Hi-Fi Radio. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Oh, I wish I was a jock at 102.1 The Edge, but I'm not. Uh, Can we say those words on the air? I didn't, we didn't say any words on the air. What words on the those air? Those lyrics? No, no, come on. It's that, those, morning, what? morning radio. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> discretion 
is warranted. Um, well, Peter Sands told me to play that song. He's the president of Canadian <laughs> Capital Market Sales Rep with CBRE. Good Great, choice, Peter. Right. Well, it it makes sense. No, but it makes sense. The song is Longview. And good good luck. If you buy a piece of real estate uh, with a flip in mind, like very, very difficult to do. You know, people flip pot stocks all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You can do that. But when it comes to... Well, you can flip a house, Wolf, sometimes within a year. But flipping a billion-dollar property... And expecting a profit, yeah. we're, we're long in the cycle yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is not the time to be thinking short term. This is now making sure you're buying right, not taking on too much debt, playing it to the long term. Is really what it's all about. Well, today. Jack, just listen to a podcast by our good friend Brad Lamb. Uh, Brad Lamb owns a chunk he, of he farm owns a, land. He owns farmland out in Milton mm-hmm. that he bought with his brothers. He said it on air, so he yeah. brought, he bought it with his brothers. Yeah, uh, and basically the uh, I think the brothers wanted to cash in because they bought they got a good deal on the entry on the on mm-hmm. the purchase, mm-hmm. and now it's obviously appreciated. So he, the brothers want to cash in and take the cash, and uh, Brad said, "Well, what's your time horizon?" They're like, "Well, right now we want our money," and they said, "What's your time horizon?" Well, five hundred years. <laughs> But, but he, he wants little lambs running around you know, again, on that property. I, I, I just came years. back from a European uh, from a European vacation. It was just so much fun, and I came across the Klein Winery. My last name is mm. Klein, and the Klein Winery has been in the family since 1695. Um, the inventor of the chainsaw, Stiel, is mm-hmm. a German company. Mm. 1926, they invented the first electric chainsaw. It was 65 kilos. I don't know how you cut a tree down with that. Right. But, but uh, just before the Great Depression, too, they came over. The, long and short, it's a privately held company. They have a long mm-hmm. view. Again, this whole process of running money, managing money, big or small, I think the odds get tilted greatly in your favor when you have a long view. If I just look at the 10-year chart, and I'll show it sure. to you, Peter Sands. Mm-hmm. There's a 10-year chart for yep. the S&P 500 over the last 10 years. Nice trajectory lower left upper right but some volatility along the way again we saw a little break in some real estate the 905 market corrected look money's cheap money's available uh banks continue to lend money there's talk about the yield curve inverting i'm getting too technical for the hi-fi listener but at some point the cycle ends uh and equities real estate Mm -hmm. i think is all connected at the hip and one of the key drivers is interest rate so let let me throw a couple quick questions out to you number one do you think that the central bank, the Fed, is going to lower interest rates this year, Peter? It's a uh, to-be-determined topic. It's something that daily, weekly, monthly is reviewed. It looked like um, mid-last year it was only going to go up. Everybody's making the bets only going one direction. And then it just reversed very quickly. At this point, if there's going to be a new direction, it's going to be down. But at this point, I think you have to just anticipate flat to up at some point. At some point, this all reverts to normal. And normal's much higher than we are today. Yeah, but if you get much higher today, what happens to real estate prices? So the canary in the coal mine would be the public companies in the real estate space, so the REITs. We've seen them trade off as bonds move, as interest rates move. Yeah. It has a direct effect. They're bond proxies. They're total bond proxies. So it's, it's one where it does create problems for us in trading real estate, creating value. So it's just as long as it goes slowly and carefully, it does work. Now, can, yeah. I, can I ask you about B20 guidelines? Because um, they have slowed the market down, especially in Toronto, Vancouver. Real estate boards have been screaming that they should be revoked, basically. And now the IMF is saying that uh, where they are is where they should stay because long-term Canada needs. What, what's your opinion on the guidelines in general and, and also on the blowback from the real estate boards? Well, it's something where the real estate, the residential market got so ahead of itself. We were seeing a lot of trading going on that didn't make sense. So... You know, today they've let some of the air out. Vancouver really is trading off at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to comment on something like that other than, you know, I'm now hearing from some of our own employees that now I can maybe consider affording something in Vancouver 
because average household costs were just getting off the charts, like versus the rental costs, everything else versus income levels. Uh, it wasn't sustainable. There was going to be a real problem in the other direction for Vancouver if something didn't happen. And with interest <laughs> rates being as low as they are, if they didn't bring those rules in, like you said, I mean, it, it's only going to go up or up, up, up. I mean, there come a the, point. The, I would say the further you let a bubble go one way, especially when you add yep. leverage on it, mm-hmm. and that, that's what you're doing. You're, yep. people, people weren't, uh, their incomes weren't increasing. They were just taking on more debt and more mortgage. So the, the further you let that go, it just makes the, the crashes. And, and um, Peter talked about that, that we're late in the cycle, whether it's residential or just general in the market. Mm-hmm. So when, when you let the bubble go too far one way, the pendulum swings right back yep. and it's even more painful. Uh, we're in the studio with uh, Peter Sense. He's the uh, president of Canadian Capital Markets uh, with uh, CBRE. Also, my dear friend, Rabina Ahmed Hawk, uh, personal finance expert with the Global News Radio Network in studio with us. Of course, Jack the Man. Here for the Wolfman to well keep me on the straight and narrow every now and then. Uh, more of it on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. It is a show about money. We are here to help you with your money. Uh, rule number one, start saving at a very, very young age. Rule number two, take on only good debt, which is a mortgage. Rule number three, pay off the mortgage. Number four, diversify yourself. Number five, don't speculate. Slow, steady, Eddie wins the race. And number six, you must think for decades. You must have a long, long view. You can never check out. You know that you can never ever check out mm-hmm. of a proper investment strategy. You are always investing until the day you, well, go to the happy investing ground in the sky, shall I say? Yes, <laughs> the, the happy Wall Street in the sky. That's where I want to go one day, but not just yet. Uh, we are in studio with Peter Sense. He is the president of Canadian Capital Markets with uh, CBRE, great big real estate company. Um, let, let, let's come back to the likes of uh, retail. Real estate, i.e., the likes of the old shopping centers. Um, the retail numbers coming out of the United States are pretty weak. Uh, Lowe's had a bad quarter. Stock got hammered some ten percent. Uh, uh, Home Depot managed to stay on side uh, for the most part. Um, there's another department store in the United States that. But got the, the funny thing hard. is, though, the consumer sentiment is at all time highs. So people are still shopping. Yep, they're just people shopping. Are shopping. Differently. They're not shopping in the malls, yep, right? So they, they've been disrupted. <laughs> they've been. They've been disrupted. They've been disrupted. <laughs> and, 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 and the the, the long view that that uh, Jeff Bezos had with the, in building Amazon is coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, that man thinks with a long view. Uh, the real estate investors, you know, your clients and your own company, mm-hmm. Peter, thinks with a long view. I can't stress this point enough. You buy quality assets and you think for a long view, you will be very, very well served. Don't buy junk and don't have a short view. It just doesn't work. It's too difficult. But mm-hmm. Let's talk now about then these warehouses that are being built. Uh, again, I take my daughter driving or horseback riding up just north of Kleinberg, and I saw some massive building mm-hmm. being built. And I just guessed you, fifty acres is a hundred acres of land. How big is that building? And I asked you off here, and so how big are these warehouses that we're now seeing? Yeah. How much land do they take up? To be a leader in the logistics field, you need the best facilities, the latest logistics, and they tend to come in bigger and bigger buildings. The smallest ones really are 250,000 feet. Most are being designed for 500,000 to a million feet. 
This is all about labor now, getting access to highways, access to people. So the latest and greatest will all be around bus routes. So when you think about some of these big logistic companies, especially at the end of the year, Christmas time, you need lots of people. And how do you get them in and out? It's not cars. It's buses. Let me ask you, to build these warehouses, do you, do you know, Fan, if you don't know this, cool, uh, to build a square foot of that type of real estate versus residential real estate, mm-hmm. uh, do you have any idea what the number is? Yeah, it's all about the build-out. So what's interesting now is it's expensive to build these shells, but what the tenants are building inside are worth almost as much as the shells, depending on what kind of business you're in. So they're reinvesting so much more. So the inside tells you the total cost. Well. Yeah, let's talk about the inside because there was talk then that some of these warehouses could very well be your previous shopping mall. What are they yeah. going to do with the shopping malls if the consumer no longer wants to go mall walking? Yeah, very interesting. And what's going to happen to the mall walkers? Where are they going to yeah, go? Yeah. Well, some of the malls really do work. If you Warehouse think work, walking. Yeah, yeah, yes. You could, you could do that. You just walk um, the warehouse. That's your walk. I mean, the closest mall to us right here is the Eaton Center. Eaton right. Center be doing very well. The Yorkdales are doing very well. So the tier one assets, sales performance is still growing. You're reinvesting heavily. You're spending to make the environment better for people to come into. But it's the tier two, the tier three, the tertiary malls that are getting hurt. We're now selling those to the residential developers. They will take the existing cash flow. They'll work with that. But they what they do is they de-lease, they rezone, they get it set for development. So we've done two in the last six months. I mean, I mean they're sizable deals. These are 50, 60, 70 million dollars. That instead of buying a greenfield site, you're buying these malls and then getting them ready for mid-rise, low-rise, maybe even high-rise. With a little bit of retail underneath, maybe. Yeah, You definitely want that service retail underneath. Mm-hmm. So a food store, bank, drug, those that's what's really working. It feels like the malls, mm-hmm. like, like you mentioned, Eaton Center, Yorkdale, they have name brand. People might even visit Toronto, mm-hmm. and Eaton Center is a stop as a tourist that you would go to. But to go to a mall up in the middle of Guelph, it's not interesting. It's I mean, worth no, the drive no to Acton, to Rabin, isn't it? Yeah. It's well, not interesting It used anymore. to be worth the drive right. to Acton. I mean, so Vaughn Mills, for example, there you get something where you get great value. I think a lot of the shoppers today want value. So where do you have to go? What do you have to do to find that? Right. So there are some great assets in Guelph, but there's some bad assets too. Yeah. And it's interesting to hear that they're now looking at that is because we have so many people moving into the GTA. They need places to mm-hmm. build so people can live in those places. And now those malls might become... Condominiums. Right. And you start to think about markets. The GGTA would be Hamilton. So what could you start to do? Hamilton, Barry, building new, creating new environments. It's easy to get in on a train line to Toronto. That all works today. Uh, we're in the studio here with Peter Sense. He's the president of the Capital Markets Division with the CBRE. Um, I want to talk global with you. We're going to go uh, go to commercial break and get back. And I just want to get a sense of the global real estate market and what you sure. are witnessing right sure. here right now. Uh, more of it on Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Jack, did you know, as we listen to Hi-Fi Radio, or as we produce Hi-Fi Radio, that listening to classical music makes you more intelligent? <laughs> Studies been fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, baby well, Mozart. Baby Mozart. I was just going to say they used to. That was a whole uh, marketing campaign, or that was a big brand back. 10, 15 years ago. Yes, well, so the brand Baby Mozart got himself over-levered, uh, had too much real estate, and basically became a pauper. Uh, hmm. Couldn't pay his rent. So not uh, as it, smart as they think they are. Well, he was a genius, but when it came to real estate, not so much. It shows the, you what happens with over-leverage, Wolf. But, what, but so, so Mozart was born in the beautiful town of um, Salzburg, Austria. Uh, wanted to expand his market base and so went, well, not global, but went regional uh, by horse and carriage to Vienna. 
<laughs> uh, you're talking probably about a three-week journey to get there. Uh, and then he has no fans. He, the prophet uh, from some other land shows up and wants to sell his music. And he had multiple residents along the way. Anyways, uh, overextended. Uh, yep, the next crises will probably come from too much debt. And much of that debt will be in real estate. Uh, we are in studio with uh, Peter Sants. He's the president of Canadian Capital Markets with uh, CBRE. Um and so, you know, when, when I do travel, and I don't travel nearly enough, but I, I like to get a sense of real estate values, uh, just to get a sense, gee, if I ever want to move to Barcelona, mm-hmm. what, would an, what would it cost me to rent an apartment? They don't do condos in Europe. They do apartments. You buy apartments in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you, a common theme that tends to occur, I hear, in major centers, urban centers, is real estate for the youth is no longer attainable. You, you hear that in Amsterdam, you of course, you know, places throughout uh, uh, France and uh, Paris. Um, London, of course, has mm-hmm. been a complaint for some time. But uh, tell me something, do you think that trend will change? Do you, do you think global citizens are, mm-hmm. are, are, are destined for living abroad from where they want to live? Yeah, one of the mega trends right now clearly is this millennial generation wanting to live in inver- urban environments. So yep. everybody wants to be downtown. That's driving pricing. So the London's, the, you know, every major market is going through this together. It's synchronized right now. At some point, it has to change. People want more space. As you get the family, you're going to want to move a little bit further out, get some more space. The big trick for us right now is when you look at the global markets, London and Brexit, you know, a lot of money's moving onto the continent. Things are changing in that kind of sense. So we have to see where that takes the but yeah, So what's happened, I'm curious, because we don't hear mm-hmm. about London real estate market mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. correcting. Has it corrected? Uh, it is correcting. It's still very strong. London, if you're a very high net worth individual, you want to have wealth in real estate and you want to have it in London. So you'll watch that trend continue for sure. Right. So the, 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 this Brexit did not open the door for millennials to purchase apartments in not London. just yet. They didn't no, do it. No, it's still expensive. Still a world-class city. New York, London will always lead the way. All right. So Peter Sense, uh, President of Canadian Capital Market Sales Representative with CBRE. The weather out there, it's not working for me. It's not working. Jack is an optimist. Jack even is complaining about the weather. Rabina, how do you feel about the weather these days? I'm, I'm looking at the weather forecast right now. It says 11 degrees, but supposed to be a high of 25. Where is that? Yeah. When is that happening? So, so Peter, where can we get good? Like, where should we move to? I'm thinking Spain one day. You know, I'm mm-hmm. 54. When Does I'm sound very good. Like Barcy. Barcy would not be bad. Can I get some value for my money in Barcelona? Like, where can I go globally and get good value and have a reasonable Costa Rica. Climate? Again, no, we're, no we're, spiders, I think, we're long in this cycle. So everything's had this big resurgence in terms of pricing. I think when you, when you think about closer to home, the Florida's of the world. Uh, You're not you interested, man. I don't do, I don't okay. do, I don't do buffets. Okay. All right. Well, it, <laughs> you it, like it really becomes more of a lifestyle thing then. So you have to figure out. But if it's all about value, some of the islands do sound pretty good. Yeah. Like which, which islands? Are, what, what do you think oh, I mean, it's, it's, again, that's not my area of expertise, but you know, a lot of the Bahamas, et cetera, it's got to have some great opportunity for you. Yeah, you just came from the Bahamas a little uh, vacationary jack couple Cost couple of living's pretty expensive down the Bahamas. That's <laughs> for sure. It was. Yeah. But like, you, again, you get what you pay for, Wolf. Yeah, I'll tell you the... Uh, the town I love was Vienna. I, I, one, one of my now favorite cities in the world, Barcelona, yeah. Vienna. I absolutely adore those places. Well, what I would say, if you're looking for a deal in real estate, if you're looking for a deal in any asset class, you wait for a crisis and take the opportunity. Yeah. And then you get yeah. from weekends or from strong hands to weekends, weekends to strong hands. So but wait, in terms of Canadian, what's your opinion about Canadians owning um, a foreign real estate? I know uh, U.S. real estate uh, has some onerous tax consequences to, to Canadians, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but is it is, is there any major hurdles for Canadians to purchase European real estate, for example? Not that you, you can always structure around it, but if you look at the big of the big Canadian pension funds, and you mentioned CPP, 
everybody's plan is to diversify away from Canada. You don't want all your eggs in one basket, as yep. you've mentioned to the listeners. You want to be able to take more and more money, diversify by country, by region, by asset class. So we're seeing a lot of the Canadian capital punching above its weight and showing up in the major markets around the world. Interesting. In terms of real estate globally, uh, valuations being stretched, where do, you f where do you find the most expensive markets over valued markets in the world? I'm not and sure. And the cheaper ones in the world yeah, with, with so the good I, upside. It, it's hard to say that anything's overvalued at this time, but when you, when you go to the New Yorks of the world, the Shanghais of the world, the Beijings of the world, the Londons, that's really expensive. It's very different than Toronto. When you come to Toronto as a global player, you kind of go, okay, Canadian currency, cheap real estate, we find expensive. They see it as cheap. So the Blackstones of the world, the big private equity players, the big institutions, when they come here, they're going... Well, again, that's like 74 this. cent Canadian dollar. You're bang, bang on about that one as well. Canadian dollar is, Jack and I were looking at it for foreign exchange transactions. Well, it's undervalued based on purchasing power parity. So if you look at it as a global yeah. on a global basis, well, look at it versus the U.S. dollar, I would say it's undervalued, right? But now, Fair but, value but, would be 80 question, but, the, but the yuan, the, the Chinese currency, the yuan is also uh, massively undervalued. So converting a cheap mm -hmm. yuan into a cheap Canadian, is, is that a good trade, do you think? Um, I think in a lot of cases, it's um, it's strategic for... I think there's a lot of moving parts right, when, you, right, when right. you're dealing with the yeah, Chinese yeah, and you're dealing yeah, with some yeah. of these foreign players. Yeah, but yeah. Do, do you travel the world? And, I and, do. And yeah. you do so I was you, in China this past summer, and we've got a lot of our major clients over there. That, so we're around the world all the time looking at different markets, talking to different groups. So whether the Canadian capital wants to go out or the global capital wants to come in, that's what we help them do. Uh, Peter Sense, president with the Canadian Capital Markets. Man, you, you got yourself a fantastic resume here. You've done some of the biggest deals I've ever kind. seen. No, you're a very, very successful man. And gee whiz, you're barely 35. You look great. Uh, <laughs> a real pleasure, Rabina Ahmed Hawk. Thank you for having uh, me. As always, uh, some nice color onto uh, Hi-Fi Radio. A different <laughs> perspective. And, um, you know, we got to keep it real. And that's what you help us do. Jack, thanks for slapping me around a little bit today. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to you know, take a few bruises from you. I can handle it. I'm going to corners with you anytime, pal. <laughs> Get, get your elbows up in the corner. I uh, got that right. Uh, wish you all a great weekend. Thank you for tuning into Hi Fi Radio each and every Saturday on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. You've been listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.